Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Bayhorn, joined once again, reunited, by my co-host, Ryan Donnelly. Ryan, we're doing the fusion dance. We're back. We're back in the saddle, That's baby. That's right. How's it going? Good, man. It's good. It's probably the longest you and I have gone without podcasting in, like, I don't know, three or four years together. It's been a long I don't think we've ever done <laughs> yeah. that. I don't think we've taken two, like, legitimately two weeks off back to back. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, that, uh, that sounds about right to me. I mean, I was I was getting, I mean, I've, I've been getting the shakes. I've been getting the, the podcast withdrawal shakes. It's yeah. been very... It's been a very difficult time for me, you know, and I don't record a yeah. podcast every five minutes or so. I start to get very, you know, I become very anxious. I start to get the zoomies. It's, it's just, it's not good for anybody. I started, I started grinding up our, our like, you know, some cables, some like audio cables and yeah. storing the dust to kind of get that hit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've uh, been, I've been doing that, but for a different reason entirely. Um, yeah. And, uh, we, yeah. Don't, we don't need to it's go the, too it's far a, it's, it's a nature's high. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. A lot of people, it's, it's sort of an <laughs> herbal you know, I, I don't need all that, all that, that fancy medicine. I've got ground up uh, audio cables. I've got old headphones that I've sort of crushed, and then I've you know ingested in in any number of ways. Um, we yeah. have a. You know, uh, I, 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 what we should say really quick here, just on this topic. Uh, speaking of sorting things up, speaking of speaking of doing drugs, uh, <laughs> I was on vacation last week, as you heard about, uh-huh. uh, in Colombia and Peru, uh, and first of all. Every stereotype of Colombia that I encountered was true during that trip. Like, there really are people on every street corner trying to sell you drugs. Yeah. Uh, it really is just like that. And also, I met a guy, I met a Canadian guy while I was there mm-hmm. who is like a, a really good stereotype that is like, you know, the kind of guy who calls ayahuasca medicine all the time. And he kept talking yeah. about going to the jungle to do medicine <laughs> in like a really euphemistic way. Um, <laughs> but he was just talking about, he's basically just like, in a hut in, in you know, uh, Eastern Peru somewhere, just doing, doing ayahuasca for days on end. Yeah. Um, it's a tone setter. Yeah. He also, <laughs> I, we were, we were on a big hike to this like desert oasis. It was like some group trip. We went to the Blester Islands, which are desert oasis, yada, yada. We were, we were basically, this group was together, 10 of us for like 16 hours. And I think he smoked like three packs of cigarettes during that time. <laughs> Um, I mean, absolute tone setter. The guy was fucking powering through it. Yeah. One of the funniest guys I've ever, one of the funniest, like acting guys of all time. That's um, awesome. That is a very cool also, kind of guy to encounter. Yeah. He's like 45, uh, has like a 22 year old girlfriend. Um, that's kind of be like the worst guy your daughter could ever date if you're yeah. a father, right? Yeah. You see this guy walk through the door. You're just, you're putting the gun right in your mouth. You've got no, no second thoughts about it. It's just like, oh man, come on. Not this guy. <laughs> Not this guy. No, no. Yeah, that's uh, that. We're asking you, ayahuasca son or thought daughter? Uh, oh man, that is just bad news all around. That is really not what you want to see as the uh, <laughs> as a responsible party under any no, circumstances. No. You do not want to see that fool walking through the door. Um, Ryan, we've got a bit of a. Uh, you guys are never going to believe this. We got a bit of a smorgasbord this week. We've got a little bit of everything because, uh, as we have said couple times now on this podcast over the last however many months it's been since the football season ended it could be any number um there's jack shit going on in this sport right now man i i'm like kind of actually a little bit worried about how dead college football has been for the last like two months or so dude there's nothing going on there's nothing happening what is going on with the sport it's got no news this doesn't usually happen until like july I think it is, yeah. I, I think what's kind of happened, my opinion here, is that we've almost gotten kind of a second quiet period of college football where, like, it used to be, you know, recruiting went until, like, mid to late February. So, and, like, that fallout you could talk about for weeks after that. Yeah. And then you had spring practice, yada, yada. Like, I, I guess, first of all, 
the transition to like the way teams handle spring practice, which is, you know, a lot less hitting, a lot less hitting in pads uh, to preserve guys for injury reasons, I think is maybe led to less interesting spring practice reports. That's just, uh, I have no stats on that. Just kind of my own take. Yeah. Um, anecdotally. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. I think maybe that's it. There's just nothing happening in spring practice yet. It's too early. There's no position battles. There's no clarity or anything. It's just like, and also I know a lot of schools just took like their spring break in between uh, conditioning and spring practice. So I think we're like two weeks away from getting some good news again. Uh, all we have right now are just like some funny quotes from coaches saying th- things that no one made them say that they should not be saying yeah. uh, during spring ball, which is still fun. Yeah, we do like that. But yeah, it feels almost like spring ball has, and it never had all that much luster to begin with, but it has lost some right. luster because it's just like nobody gets to see anything, right? Like there's not, it's not really what it used to be. It's like this glorious return to football. Like nobody's seeing shit. Nobody gets to know what's actually happening in these, in these, these, you know, already not that impactful spring sessions. Um, and it just feels like we still, you know, there is also the, the factor of like a whole bunch of guys are still going to transfer once the spring, you know, spring camp session is over, like the window opens back up and a whole bunch of guys will then move on to new schools. And so it's like, you can talk about what teams might look like, but we don't know yet. You know, we don't know what these teams are going to look like that yet. And it didn't really used to be like that. And so these spring camps, there are players who are important. There are position battles that are important, but like, I don't really know what an actual, I don't really know that there are that many teams that I can say fully right now look exactly how they're going to look come, you know, September. I don't think that would apply to a lot of teams just because like, yeah, shit does still, it, it changes in a way that it just didn't used to. You didn't used to have this much turnover after spring practice. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you, you know, you, we're going to need to, uh, we're going to need to execute all these kids for their personal, their personal freedom. <laughs> we're going to have to, we're going to have to, for my own personal entertainment is much more important than these guys having, uh, the freedom to go to the school that they want to go to. I was just thinking about what you were talking there that like the crazy part is, is usually, like spring football, pretty much the whole thing is quarterback battles, right? That's yeah. like 95% of what you're getting. Yeah. And what every, almost every single program uh, that's won a national title in the last 20 years, except for LSU and USC, besides those two, every other program that's won a title has a quarterback battle right now. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, FSU, I guess. Yeah, they Florida State has Jordan, has Jordan Travis. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. yeah that, they that... all either have a new starter or a quarterback battle. Like it's, and like these are programs that should be getting media attention that are just kind of, yeah. I don't know, boring. Instead, we're talking about Arch Manning and Quinn Ewers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm serious. I mean, I guess that is another school that has a that has a national title and a quarterback battle, but like, come on. We don't yeah. need it. I don't know that we need to <laughs> give that we, any action. Did we actual... talk about. I, I did not, uh, unfortunately, because I was in the jungle and the desert, I did not get a chance to hear your podcast episode while I was gone. Did, uh, they, they are, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't allow me to listen to Quinn Ewers, the desert. There's no chance. Yeah. But, they, uh, they've got us blacklisted out there that you cannot listen right. to flipping the field in, in South America, which is very, you know, it's, it's kind of a cruel irony for you. Um, because yeah. you, you well, usually listen to the podcast so much when you're in America. <laughs> Yeah. Well, like a lot of people, I love the sound of my own voice on record. I think that's yeah. kind of the, the most common trait. No, but uh, did we talk about the the Steve Sark- uh, Sarkeesian quotes around Quinn Ewer's haircut? I have not. If, if you did with Givler, I would not know. Um, but have you uh, have you seen this though? Yeah, I've, I've seen some of the quotes. We could talk about it. Yeah. I, I think it is like it's a week, a week and a half old now. Yeah, I mean, funny. who cares? It is so uniquely 
Texas. It feels so much like Texas, where it is just about fucking appearances for that program. It's it's an appearances program. It is all about like, yes. oh, you have to dress the part if you want to be a powerhouse program. It's like, well, you also have to have good players and coaches, and you guys don't do that. And so I don't know really. Yeah, wow, you really look like a big serious blue blood until you fucking play football again, and then everyone remembers. Oh yeah, these guys can only go eight and four. That's the only thing they're capable of producing is eight and four. Like, uh, do you have the quotes readily available? We can we can sift through these because they are so, it's it's so stupid. Yeah, I can paraphrase. It's just basically that Sark was was asked about whether or not like you know Quinn Ewers shaving his mullet and getting a quote unquote real haircut means that he was like taking college football more seriously instead of just you know looking at the reporter like they're an idiot. Like he that's was a, like, "That's a perfect well, you know, beat reporter question too. That's so good." <laughs> uh, you know, he's basically let's let's see it here. Uh, I do have the exact quote pulled up. I'm uh, getting it pulled up right now from thanks to our friends at Clutch Points. Who I know that you're a big fan of. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He said here, uh, one thing we had talked about is sometimes your appearance slash perception precedes you and you almost have to overcome yourself. So all of a sudden, now the guy gets a haircut and he cleans his beard up a little bit. Everyone thinks Quinn's real serious right now. That's human <laughs> nature, right? Uh, Everyone thinks and Quinn then, is real serious right now. That's for damn sure. There's no doubt that's one about of the most, that. <laughs> if you just read that and didn't like to see the video of the quote, that's one of the most sarcastic things a coach could say about his player. Like, oh yeah, this guy's real fucking serious over here. Uh, and then I also I must have missed this story last year, but apparently there was a Texas beat story that. Oh no, it's about sorry, it's about Arch Manning right now. Apparently, Arch Manning lost his school id on two separate occasions yeah. this is a story going around texas yeah um and uh that's 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 great how many times have you uh sorry you are not a college not a college boy yeah uh but i uh i took pride in the fact i never lost my buck id which is the ohio state id in fact still have my original <laughs> from move-in day 2012 somewhere let's go uh but uh <laughs> I mean, I had friends that lost that, you know, five times a semester pretty easily. Like it's, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, I have personal responsibility and so it would probably have not been a big issue for me, but a lot mm. of people are uh, children. And so I guess they can't really yeah. hang on to their own possessions, uh, including it's Arch Manning. It's kind of funny to imagine, uh, who it's is... kind of funny to imagine someone, uh, blackmailing Arch Manning for the student ID. <laughs> uh... <laughs> yeah. Exhorting, exhorting, like, yeah, uh, just like, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna have to work for this young man. You're gonna... <laughs> Yeah. You think I'm not going to use your student meal plan? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to run up a big old a big old bill on your expense. I'm eating I'm eating every banana I can find in this, in this student hall. I'm racking it up. I'm going to the library. I'm checking out a ton of books, man. I'm getting you. Oh, you're yeah. you're gonna be you're gonna be in fine city, motherfucker, unless you <laughs> unless you pay the pay the piper. Uh oh, guess who's paying for my parking this year, bitch? <laughs> this is the most low stakes crime imaginable. <laughs> Guy who goes to federal prison for extorting Arch Manning for a student ID is really making me laugh. Yeah. I also I thought of a good one today that people probably already saw on Twitter by the time they're hearing this, but. Uh, uh, you know all the new AI voice apps going around now where you can do like yeah. Donald Trump voice, the Joe Biden voice? Yeah. Uh, what about a, a business uh, that motivates you via getting clips, but in college football coaches' voices? Okay. Like a guy in Akron who's yeah. paying money monthly to get Urban Meyer saying four to six seconds of relentless effort while he's like, you know, doing crunches at his, uh, his, you know, planet fitness in Akron. Yeah. Um, God. I think that's a good kind of guy yeah, that, that would be, that would be really good. The extorting or, uh, extorting arch for his ID is like the kind of crime that, um, have you seen, right? You've seen righteous gemstones, right? 
Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. like the kind of crime that the uh, the stunt the the <laughs> the stunt double friend of the one son Gideon. Um, it's like yeah. the kind of crime that he would come up with. Like that's the that's the kind of caper that a, a character <laughs> from that show would try to pull. Just like fi- like five hundred dollars worth of kidnapping money for a, <laughs> for a school <laughs> Dude, ID. They should bring back the Netflix show American Vandal. Did you ever watch that and just do it about this? I, I did not, but I'm familiar with the concept. Oh, um, you should, well, first of all, you should watch that first season. You would absolutely love it. It is fucking hilarious. Okay. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's an official Flipping the Field stamp recommendation is, the, uh, is, the, is American Vandal, the first season. Um, <laughs> I won't spoil it, but there's a, when you guys get to the quote 100%, when the kids is 100%, uh, just come back and tweet at me if you haven't seen this show because it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen on TV. Yeah. Um, it's great. But no, yeah, it's also, it's a crime that any one of Urban Meyer's players would have done. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This guy, guy is getting kicked out of school for like something that would register largely as a misdemeanor in most counties. Like it's like, this is not, this is hardly, you know, they're bringing you in and they're like, what are you even doing here? This is like basically a parking ticket level violation that you're committing here. I'm getting kicked out of school for it. That is, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. This is, yeah, this is an Urban Meyer walk-on uh, crime right here. This, this is like uh, less, less miles is telling a play he's disqualified medically from school because he he was trying to extort Arch Manning's ID. Uh, (laughs) Older, the the older players in the Texas quarterback room are hazing him by taking his ID and like hold, they're like doing monkey in the middle with his fucking college ID. Oh, what are you going to do? You can't, you can't, you're never, you're never going to be able to get on your fucking dining plan if you don't have this. (laughs) Oh, are you going to get your uncles on us? Are they going to, are they going to say something about us on the broadcast? Oh, what are you going to do? You're going to send Eli after me? That's so funny, dude. Oh, that, my God. That's awesome. Um, yeah, Texas just I doing do the, love our, the, our, the lowest possible stakes hazing imaginable. Yeah. <laughs> Arch, Arch Manning is going to generate, like, more headlines than, I don't know, any college player ever. Oh, dude. Like, yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to think who else is even in the ballpark for, like, j- just in terms of, I don't know. Like, you remember the, the story, like, almost two full years ago when he was becoming a junior in high school when he hooked up with that girl – and she was saying like Arch Manning to Ole Miss on video or something. Yeah. Like his hook high school hookups have been a news story for two years now. Uh, you know, usually it doesn't happen until you get a job as one of Bobby Petrino's assistants. Huh? Yeah. Oh, huh? oh, oh, oh. Yeah. It's, it's uh, <laughs> Yeah. I don't know even what the comparison would be like. If we're just talking about like college sports, maybe like Zion, Zion Williamson. It feels like that was like he was like the whole college basketball season when he was at duke the one year he was there yeah. that was just that was the only thing that anybody was talking about but like if arch is good i mean it would be even more than that because he has the name right he has the the manning last name um and so it's like if Bronny james maybe a slightly lesser version of Bronny james had zion's talent yeah theoretically i don't think arch is good but if he is right yeah if if he is yeah it does seem like maybe um from watching watching literally any of arch manning's film it does seem like everyone is just lying it seems like everyone is just like oh yeah his his release is is incredible it's like well he's playing against toddlers yeah of course the fucking release is good everybody he's playing against is five foot four i don't know (laughs) what do you want him to do well he's 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 you know they've got him in the fucking pop warner league like i don't yeah right. of course he's playing against kids um but what is up with that like like why is the variability of like religious schools in different states so high you know what i mean like like, like in yeah. some states like pennsylvania right like the religious high schools are like dominate every year in ohio they're pretty much the best teams most years aside yeah. from a couple of publics yeah but like you know you go to texas and louisiana and they're absolute dog shit and like 
you know, and those are two, like Louisiana is predominantly Catholic, right? Texas is predominantly Protestant. Like it's not just a, like a Catholic versus Protestant thing. Yeah. Um, although, you know, I'd love to talk about that stuff. Uh, mm. But uh, the ultimate know, battle. Very biz- yeah. 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 <laughs> the final, the final battle. The final that shot, would be, yeah. that's a, <laughs> that's a fun podcast for us as if we draft a catholic versus protestant all-star team <laughs> like the shrine bowl but for but for uh prods versus catholics that's a, Dude, that's a really fun idea God, i think that it would be really good a guy who makes a t-shirt for every notre dame game against a non-catholic <laughs> school that's just that team's color and it's protestants versus catholics <laughs> uh his his twitter handle is like uh fighting irish at underscore troubles yeah uh, <laughs> yeah yeah for sure oh <laughs> uh, that's really funny Dude, that yeah. i mean that is that's free game for us right there we got to get with home field and we got to do uh you know uh, protestants versus catholics and it's like the ohio state and notre dame colors on the t-shirt ahead of that game that's yeah. that's free we're printing money at that point uh, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so fucking funny um yeah we're doing flipping the ecclesiasticals and we're, we're yeah. like uh we're just reviewing like various cardinals and popes and kind of criticizing their their yeah. performance <laughs> yeah yeah Car- yeah cardinal power rankings who do we think is most likely to move on <laughs> doing the cardinal coaching cycle <laughs> oh fuck dude, this oh, is killing dude. me also what which college football coach do you think would make the best like religious religious figure? Oh, dude, they'd all be good at it. Like every one of them is so well built to be a pastor. Um, yeah, oh, dude. The easy answer is Dabo. We can't. It's not Dabo. Dabo, Dabo is, Dabo not is good an easy enough. answer. I think Hugh Freeze is a pretty easy answer as well because he does have that yeah. swag. He does have that Southern Baptist swag that is so specific to uh, that kind of guy. Um, yeah, mm. the one who looks the most like a Southern Baptist preacher by far is Gary Patterson. Yeah, like, he does. You yeah. can imagine Gary Patterson in the three-piece suit with like a bright orange tie, yeah. just like wiping down his profusely sweating head when he's talking about getting the spirit out of you or whatever. Yeah, uh, that oh, would man. be cool. Yeah, I like maybe Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh might be pretty good at it. Um, yeah, because he's he's definitely he has that cadence to him, and he has that that thing that those guys that kind of guy loves to do, which is where they just quote. Bible verses just randomly, right? Just nothing, yeah. no, you know, sight unseen, nothing related to the Bible. And then he's just like, you know, this reminds me of a Bible verse. So, yeah, of course it does. That's the only thing you know about. That is the only Jim thing that's Harbaugh. happening in your brain at any time. <laughs> but Jim Harbaugh is kind of the guy who, like, if he was alive in like 1700s Massachusetts, like, he would crush. Like, he'd be like a, a religious scholar at Harvard or something. <laughs> yeah, he'd uh, be killing it. <laughs> he'd be swimming in it. Yeah, he's he's a pretty he's a pretty regional pastor now. Like, you can see him like working well with like you know, a wealthy Michigan community, like where he grew up or yeah. like, uh, I don't know, some like, you know, Northeastern oh, like dude. private school. I've got the, oh, an- I've, got, I've got the answer. I've got the underrated answer. It's Eli Drinkwitz. Eli Drinkwitz would be an Ooh. amazing pastor. He's even got the name. Okay. Eli Drinkwitz is a, is a pastor ass name right there, especially because it's short for Eliah. Yeah, that's good. Is it, is it Eliah or Eliah? He has the full, like, uh, yeah, his, his, what? his real name is Eliah, E-L-I-A-H. That's his full that's actual so name. Fun. That's like an old, because like that's a, if I recall correctly, and again, this is, I'm sure my very limited, you know, religious knowledge here, but I believe that's like a, a, a theological argument is whether his, like the guy's name in the Bible is supposed to be Elijah or Eliah. And I think it's something that got changed in the King James. Yeah. I, I, I just like uh, something I'm dimly recalling from 10th grade. So I might just be making this. I mean, it, it had, there's but. no other reason that you would name your, com- your, your kid something that stupid. Like there's no yeah. other, there's no other explanation. It has to be something from, from <laughs> one of those books, man. This guy just looks How about like this? shit. He looks so um, bad, dude. Eli, <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of the worst looking coaches in college football. Good God. 
How, how about they remake the scene from the Austin Butler Elvis movie? Like, you know, the he's white scene. Yeah. Except it's like someone hears Jamie Chadwell's pregame speech in the locker room. Uh, and then they go, he's white. He's white. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that could be good. Uh, That's got a lot of potential. Yeah. Oh, man. We're, we're, we're rapidly drifting into the, the territory. Not to, not to double dip on the Danny McBride show references, but we're rapidly approaching my, my long running idea of a Danny McBride show about the 1980s southwest conference um like yeah. like that is we're we're approaching that kind of territory <laughs> Dude, um, he like obviously he's a huge star at this point in time <clears throat> and like it's not you know anything to say this but like really yeah. may be just one of the funniest people to ever live like yeah everything he touches between you know he's founded down vice principals gemstones the tv front all of his movies like i don't think i've ever seen him and not thought he was the funniest guy in the movie. Yeah, no, he just doesn't miss. I mean, he just does not miss. He he, it's yeah. uh, he's he's the one. He's the promised one. He he's uh, nobody's doing it better. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we do have uh, we've got a couple other things that we're going to touch on here as well as as mentioned. We could keep ripping this out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I'm uh, rapidly exhausting my knowledge of the topic. I'm going to be. <laughs> Yeah, death. fair enough. Fair. One last question for you before before we move on. One last question for you. Yeah, is so turn this the other way around. So we're talking about Danny McBride. Which actor would make the best college football coach? I think I think there's one obvious answer. But I want to hear yours. Um, man, I I've said before that John Goodman would make a great like a little bit past his prime, like a Bobby Bowden kind of character. Ooh. Um, but dude, there are so many that would that would fit the that would fit the billing. Um, I mean, obviously, if the guy- like. Walton Goggins obviously is is a perfect like just just crazy guy, but like there's so many there's so many that would fit the fit the building. It's such a it's such a a, a flexible kind of role because there are so many kinds of yeah. crazy guy in college football. Yeah, I think the guy like Tom Cruise is the Nick Saban of of, of actors. Yeah, yeah, where he just like walks, short... yeah, just just like walks in and and has like that that you cannot really argue with the the superstar energy that he exudes, no matter yes. how ridiculous he looks, right? It's just like yeah, this yeah. guy, this guy knows exactly what he's got going on, and he doesn't care, you know. And can just like whatever whatever he tries at, like he's gonna like you know they change the rules on him, and he's like, well, you guys shouldn't do this, but I'll be good at it. Like you put him in a comedy movie, he's gonna crush it. Yeah. Put him in a romance movie, he's gonna. I'm a I'm a Tom Cruise head, by the way. People know this about me. Yeah, big Tom Cruise guy. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd love to see him do that. I'm trying to think who else would be would be good. It's a, it's a funny concept to me, but um, I don't know. Uh, Dabo Swinney is Chris Pratt. Okay. Uh, Chris Pratt just being like the fakest guy on earth. Uh, yeah. That's he's Dabo. Yeah. 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 Like his, his shittiness as an actor being like a part of the character. Like it's, it's like, it's a very yes. crucial part of it is like, yeah, this guy is just a stereotype. Like he is not taking it anything <laughs> further than that because there's no greater depth to the character. That's just what he is. Um, uh, that yeah, rocks. yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. That, oh, last one. Sorry. Last one. C- Christian Bale. Uh, who's who's the screamiest coach? Oh, Brian Kelly. Yeah, Christian Brian Bale Kelly. is Brian Kelly. Yeah, like just absolutely loses his mind at the slightest thing on his players. Somehow, still is like one of the most successful people at his craft. Yeah, uh, despite no one liking him personally. Uh, yeah, Christian Bale is Brian Kelly. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm putting David Boreanaz in the SEC as like a like a failing former player, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, guy who got hired as his alma mater and it's just not working. He's gone three and nine three straight years. Like everybody's miserable. It's like I don't want to fucking fire this guy. He's one of the best players in school history, but he's terrible. He's not doing anything. Yeah. I'm, I'm, he's killing that. That's uh, the ideal role. Okay, last him. actual last one okay. is uh, 
Uh, Pedro Pascal is uh, as Mel Tucker. Okay. Uh, just rose to the Peter principle faster than anyone could imagine. Just yeah. got there so quick. Like guy that was really popular for like 18 months. Yeah. And then everyone kind of found out he's Reddit and annoying. Yeah. Um, and, and got overpaid. That's he's Pedro Pascal is, is Mel Tucker. Absolutely. Uh, well, speaking of uh, Hollywood, speaking of superstar coaches, Ryan, we've got some comments here. We're actually going to stay in the state of Texas talking about uh, very stupid quotes from coaches. We've got some Jimbo comments. We've got some, some Jimbo Fisher news that has caught our eye. What is uh, what's going on here with Jimbo? Yeah, so it seems like, you know, I think we talked about in the podcast a few weeks ago, we were all excited. I don't know if we were excited. We were, we were at least I was interested. Fu- in the I fact. was fucking torqued. I was I was <laughs> I was I was thrilled. <laughs> I was so psyched about this. Oh yeah. That that you know, it, it seems like Jimbo had planned to hire Bobby Petrino and bring him in. Uh, but then he started walking it back. I don't know. Basically he made comment he was forced to unwalk this back. I don't know. There was some like rumors that basically Fisher was unclear on if Petrino would actually be the one calling the plays or not. And then someone made him clarify and then he came out later and basically said, well, I plan on him calling plays. I have no problem with that at all, but we'll just, you know, we'll figure that out as we go is what he said. Yeah. Uh, so always, I think always basically a good sign. always a good sign yeah. a month into the job where you're like, well, <laughs> maybe he won't. Yeah, actually. we'll see. <laughs> James, I think what he's trying to do here, if I, if I had to guess is he's going to let Bobby do it, but he plans to take all of the credit for any success. Yeah. Uh, and any failures will be Bobby. I think sure. that's the answer. Yeah, that that Which, seems that seems right to me. It uh, I I am just sort of in my own in my own mind on my own rating scale. I am kind of upgrading my worry about Texas A and M. Uh, just just a little bit with this, just a mm. little bit of uncertainty of like hmm, maybe this actually maybe these these horrible these two horrible personalities won't actually immediately click. It be you know for the for the greater good of the program. Maybe they will just you know be. Uh, two very petty, very annoying old men arguing all season, and it won't ever work. Yeah, and I, I mean, you have to also consider the fact that, like, what, a third of their roster, and, like, you know, most of them being the most talented players on the team, all left the offseason. Yeah. Uh, including all the players who were responsible to have a good offense. Yeah. Uh, no, no, again, not a good offense. Sorry, all the players were responsible for what offense they had being yeah. gone. Yeah. Probably not awesome. Am, um, I, am I just okay? I might literally just be forgetting here because it's the middle of March and I don't, I don't have my my eyes on every single quarterback everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. Does A and M have a quarterback? Is there like a guy here who people are excited about? Because I'm not. I don't remember there being one. Yeah, it seems like it's gonna be a, a true battle between Max Johnson and Connor Weigman, right? That's the idea. <laughs> Great. Uh, which is pretty funny. Um, I don't know. I think they say that that uh, Weigman's the better runner. Um, okay. okay. Which we we do know. Petrino tends to you know tends to like that a lot. Yeah. I don't know. Max Johnson is like, look, I, I like to shit on bad SEC quarterback much the next guy, but like, I don't think Max Johnson is a horrible college quarterback. I think he's like. No, I mean he's just what they've had, right? It's the same shit as what they've been doing. He's the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. And like, is it any? Is it clear that Connor Weigman's like better at all? I, I would say probably not. No. Uh, I don't think we we have any reason to think that. I mean, but also, how do you even grade a quarterback in Jimbo's offense? Like, how do you fairly evaluate that guy? Yeah. I mean, like he came in last year as I don't know if he's a true freshman or redshirt freshman, but through fifty completed fifty five percent of his passes at six point eight yards per attempt. Is this Weigman? Uh, Weigman who did this? This is Weigman. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we're, we're, the better runner had 97 rushing yards a year on 27 attempts. So, <laughs> like, 
That's awesome. What are we doing here? Yeah, like what, what? What do I? I don't know. What? What can I possibly get out of that? Yeah, they've got fucking Todd Beckman versus Todd Beckman out there. They're come on. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here? It's 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 Sean Clifford versus I don't know like Brady Cook. Yeah, uh, is the big battle they're working on this year. God damn. Which is uh, which is sick. There were some. Um, there were so many quarterbacks. We got to get rid of some of these guys. We don't need all this. Come on. I don't think all. No. I don't think every college football team needs to be having a quarterback. Let's just move on. Let's just do two running backs we don't need to be doing this there's no point and there's no value in having max johnson just put another running back back there not everybody has yeah. to throw the football come on we don't let's let's be uh, adults about this there aren't 130 some capable college football quarterbacks let's just have like 40 for the schools that know how to use them and everybody else just has to run some version of the like the wishbone or the you know the wildcat or like something like that texas a&m has made it very clear that they don't know what to do with quarterbacks they don't deserve them no. they have not earned the right to have a quarterback let's just move on from this we don't need to be doing this max johnson does not need to be playing college football it's not necessary <laughs> they should run some kind of harlem globetrotter style offense where they just like bounce it back and forth on various reverses every play yeah i think that'd be fun just kind of yeah. spin the ball on their finger and like, I don't know. It's better than what they're doing. Right? Yeah, it can't that, be worse. That would be much better than what they're doing. Yeah. It just sort um, of, at least it would be fun. At least somebody would have some fun with it. There's nothing, there's nothing good about what Texas A&M is doing right now. It's not creating value for anybody. It is, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a net negative. It's not, not a positive asset to have Texas A&M football around. Yeah, no, it's no need for it. Uh, we have surpassed the need for any, really kind of any, teams in texas uh that has start with the name texas texas tech texas texas a m yeah uh no need for those guys i, I guess we, texas christian yeah i think we should know, just get around. rid of the whole state honestly let's just <laughs> let's yeah. just get it out of here and not just for football purposes i just don't think we need it anymore it's uh it does not it does not bring anything good to me personally and i am the one who matters here um gotta get rid of it no thank you um speaking where, where you had the big barbecue debate let's 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 i'm gonna ruin your transition here big yeah I'm in the spot big barbecue debate you know the texas style the, the memphis style your carolina your kansas city uh-huh. you got a favorite kind of barbecue no <laughs> Okay. No, cool. no, I think I've probably really only had like one or two kinds of barbecue and it's just like whatever kind you can get in central Ohio. Um, yeah. I don't know what that would be. I, I don't know what style of barbecue that would be. They all seem pretty fine to me. Um, I, uh, I don't know. I, I like it. I think it's good. That's my opinion on barbecue. I think it's good. <laughs> I don't that's cool. I have, okay. no, I have no further thoughts on it. I I know that this is a hot debate for a lot of people, but like I don't know, it's a pretty good style of food. That is my, that's my opinion on yeah. on barbecue. I like it. I'm and pro. really no one like pretty much every culture does it pretty well too. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it, it's hard pretty, to fuck like, up. You know, it tastes have... good. Tastes good, man. It's yeah. just a good kind of food. Just seasoned meat. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, yeah, it's good. It's can't good. go wrong uh, with that. Get that on the grill. I got no. I got no problems with that. That is that is fine by me. I don't care how you do it. Just put it on the put. You got some meat on the grill, seasoned meat on the grill with like a nice barbecue sauce of any sort. Yeah, that's you know what. I'm not gonna complain. I'm not gonna look that gift horse in the mouth. Okay. All right. We'll move on. I'll, I'll let you go. All right, Maryland. We're moving to Maryland. We're talking about another offense. Oh, I meant the whole podcast. We can just call it. We can just call the whole podcast. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. No, Maryland is hiring Josh Gaddis or has hired Josh Gaddis as its offensive coordinator. Um, Mike Loxley with yet another power play, uh, really sort of making it known where Josh Gaddis stands in the universe that he now has to be the offensive coordinator under Mike Loxley at Maryland. Um, dude, this program is hilarious. These guys are awesome. I love that they're doing this shit. I love that Mike Loxley is just like, I mean, it's the same thing every year. He finds a new way to to tell this same story 
of like somehow getting to seven wins despite having a a full team of guys who hate each other, a full team of coaches who just are, are you know have not been in contact for months of uh, of the most annoying personalities you could possibly had have. He did it with Dan Enos. Now he's bringing in Josh Gaddis to. I mean, it's just to create strife. He just loves drama. Mike Loxley loves drama so much. This is awesome. I I think this staff is hilarious. I'm glad that he keeps doing this shit. It's very funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And I mean, like, especially between these two, like, it is nice to see a guy like Josh Gaddis humiliated. Yeah, Uh, of course. Who just seems to piss off everyone he's around, right? Including his own players, his colleagues. I mean, Mike Loxley you know, they had an open beef. Like, was that even three years ago, four years ago? Like very recently, right? Yeah. Like it, it was, I think it was they like had two years ago. Out. It was, it was not long ago. Cause it would have been what after the 20, was it the 2020? Oh, it was. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That's right. The problem happened like five years ago in 2018 or 19, but then they talked about it at the media days a couple years ago. Yeah. Gaddis was at Michigan. Yeah. 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 It was, I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it was recent and I guess they have, uh, they have buried the hatchet enough that, <laughs> that Josh Gaddis is willing to become an assistant under Mike Loxley, who like, I don't know. Or if we're talking about offensive minds here, we're not especially keen on either one of these two. But Ryan, if I was asking you which one you would prefer to have calling plays, you'd probably pick Gaddis, right, over Mike Loxley. Oh, that's a tough question. Um, they both suck, right? They're both bad. They're both not. They're very- both bad. I'll <laughs> say this: like, I think that am I picking one to call plays or to coach a program? Because if I picking one to run a program, like at least Mike Loxley can recruit. Yeah, I think Loxley is at least normal, right? Like Loxley, Loxley seems yeah. like a regular guy as opposed to Gaddis, who seems like he was built in a lab to be, you know, the the, the highly touted uh, assistant coach until he gets, in, you know, a, a job that actually tasks him with doing anything instead of just running Jim Harbaugh's offense. Um, but like... I mean, these are just two shitty offensive coaches. These are just like two guys leaning into their worst instincts at all times when they when they are calling an offense, um, which I think is very funny. I'm excited to see how that how that meshes of just like yeah, they're gonna run only screens. They're gonna run exclusively bubble screens. It's just these two guys on their absolute worst behavior for an entire season, yeah. just feeding into they- the the worst instincts that they have. They also lost like their three NFL receivers from last year's team too. Yeah, right? and they like, used like, them three... so well last year. They did such a good, <laughs> exactly. they did such a good job of leaning into that talent that they had at receiver and not just throwing one fucking route for the entire game. They did so well yeah. with it, and I'm sure that they'll do much better this year now that they don't have those guys. Yeah, I just like I know some people are looking at like you know. I posted an article on the on the site this week, uh, which you guys should go read. Meet at midfield.com. You guys, is this is this premium or free? Uh, I, free, think, right? I think this is a free. So we we should yeah, so yeah we should you, meet at midfield. We yeah. should probably also ha- uh, tell people what home field is here at some point. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So meet at midfield. We'll start with our. I guess we'll start with our own site. We'll be, yeah. we'll be selfish here. Yeah. Uh, you guys should go subscribe to meet at midfield.com where I just published an article about the upcoming uh, Duggan Pickett watch list, which is like basically the watches I'm developing for our award for just like that that quarterback who's been kind of average to bad his whole career who has a final season renaissance uh, in his college career. Yeah. Uh, you know, after, you know, Max Duggan, after Kenny Pickett, you all see this from guys like Bo Nix, Michael Penix. Um, you see it from Hendon Hooker, right? Guys who just have like, uh, get a million reps and have late career surges. And one of our, our listeners, Jake uh, Ferriott, uh, asked us about uh, Talia Tagamaloa for this. And I, I think the problem is that he is getting less talent with a worse OC after being injured, which I think is probably not a great recipe for succeeding. 
Is this um, a worse OC than Dan Enos? I mean, it seems like they're about the same, uh, right? I mean, what Miami was doing was so bad. <laughs> that is that is something that I need to consider here. I do need to remember that like the most recent yeah. exposure we have to Josh Gaddis was so bad. It was so much worse than it could have possibly been expected to to you know to turn out. Like it was it was worst case scenario and then some at Miami this this past year. I suppose the the Michigan offense is like it's been proven pretty definitively now that he had really nothing to do with it beyond just, you know, he was the one who happened to have his name there, but like they looked the same, yeah. if not better this past year than they, you know, compared to, to 2021. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they took, I'd say it took a step forward, uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, basically when you fail to me while having a huge talent advantage in a weaker conference and you're going to a more difficult conference with less talent on your team, yeah, I think that's probably not an awesome trajectory for you. I think he's probably not going to do super well. I guess I also wonder if, uh, I guess the funny part would be here if Loxley doesn't let him call plays again. Yeah, uh, I think that would be kind of amusing. That could be good. Uh, this is the best he but... could do was a non-play calling OC role for a mid uh, a mid Big Ten team. That would, I mean, yeah. that is just that that's shameful. You got to just take a year off at that point if that's the only thing you have available to you is that you can be a non-play calling OC for a seven and five team. Just take the year off. Go into broadcasting. Yeah, remind remind go, people go that you are the, like the Pac-12 network. Yeah, yeah, go pretend that you're <laughs> likable on ESPN or something, so that people don't just immediately associate you with Miami's collapse and with you know Michigan losing a wide receiver to Texas and <laughs> just like the worst shit imaginable. Um, you gotta you gotta put that you gotta put your your image through the power wash for a year or two instead of doing this shit. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, that would be that would be very good. I don't know if that is going to be the thing that happens, but. Um, perfect, perfect pairing of program and coach. I would say for, for yeah. Josh Gaddis in Maryland, could not, could not ask for anything better there. Um, moving on now to something that is more in your wheelhouse than mine. Um, mm-hmm. o- ongoing storyline here, something that uh, I don't think seems any closer to a conclusion than it did a couple months ago, but that continues to uh, cycle out quotes and news is the Pac-12 media deal. Ryan, where are we at here? What's going on with the Pac-12? What are we? Uh, what are we? What are we cooking? Yeah, the, the great thing about the Pac-12 is it seems like everyone seems to say roughly every three to four weeks that they're two weeks away from a deal. Yep. Um, and that's been going on for, I think, about eight months. Uh, there's a writer <laughs> who who writes for, uh, maybe longer than that, uh, who writes for the Arizona 247 site, Jason Shear. Yeah. I think I might reference that here before. I don't think he knows who we are. Uh, I think he's very funny on, on Twitter. Uh, he's kind of a, he's like a real asshole in a way that I find very enjoyable. But he just clearly, as a guy who covers a Pac-12 team, despises the Pac-12 conference yeah. uh, and the whole like negotiation in a way it's very amusing. Good follow if you guys look him up. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, you know, he, he's been making fun of this for a while, but Arizona's president did a huge interview uh, and came out and said that he thinks the deal is going to be finalized in the next couple of weeks and expects the deal to be better than the Big 12's recent extension with ESPN and Fox. Yeah. Um, I, uh, no, I don't know there's, if I'm there's just, that. There's just no reason to think that. There's there's yeah. literally no evidence that would support that at all. There's no, there's nothing that would support that. There, <laughs> there's, right. there's nothing at all that would support that. The Big 12 got their deal done first, and they have better teams. Like, there's no, what would that, how would that ever be? How would that ever be the case? You don't have right, any, right. You don't have also, any... He's talking to Stu Mandel, who you know is not pushing back on a single idea. Stu's just letting yeah. him say this, right? There's yeah. no like you don't have any. You have no teams in Southern California. What, what are we talking about here? You're going to add San Diego State, and that's going to be enough to get you a bigger deal than the Big Twelve has. Why? 
The Big 12 just put a team in the national championship. You have Arizona. That's your big... (laughs) You have, you have yeah, this is the president of Arizona cool. saying this too, and I think I think probably the the, the, the reason here for him, in my opinion, uh, they're looking to make sure Washington, and Oregon sign the deal, right? Like yeah. everything everyone is doing, who's involved with this tool, it's not Washington, Oregon, is trying to get Washington, Oregon to stay in the conference, so these guys can hold together for a little bit longer. Yeah, that is all everyone here is trying to do, including him. Um, you know, like he said, they're gonna get more money while also saying it's all going to be in a linear network, meaning a TV network and not like a prim, prim, you know primary streaming deal, yeah. which simply will not happen, right? Like, like if they're getting more money, it's because some streaming service overpays. And I don't think anyone's going to do that for this kind of inventory, right? What's the no. point? No, that's and, not how the game is played anymore, right? Like that's not no. what these, that's not what these, these outlets are doing. It's not really, Amazon's not doing that. Apple's not doing that. I, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who would be in the market to even, to do that because like ESPN, like we just said, just signed a deal. They have plenty of inventory. ESPN has plenty of inventory. I don't think they really care about the Pac-12 all that much. Uh, Fox has plenty of inventory. Fox is now the Big Ten's network, basically. It's just, and it has been for for several years now, but even more so at this point. Uh, I don't think NBC would be all that interested in in having, it doesn't seem like they really want all that much football to begin with. They're not all that interested in in this, uh, this sort of stuff. It's just like, it, it seems like the Pac-12 is is furiously trying to sell itself to a you know a, a conglomerate that's just not really interested in e- even the the baseline like even if you if you played the Pac-12's game and you listened to what it was saying and you 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 gave it those points of like yeah I mean, you will keep Washington and Oregon around it's still just like who gives a shit who cares right <laughs> it's just a matter of when you die like that that, that yeah. league is dying right it's just a matter of if you're dying this deal or the next one yeah um. He also, I think that one of the very funny parts in here is like, well, this is being, you know, billed as like an anti-Big 12 article from him. Listen uh-huh. to this this quote he gave. It's three paragraphs, so bear with me here. That he gave about uh, his perception on, on the Pac-12 beyond the brick of collapse. He said, I tell Brett, referring to Brett Yormark, the Big 12 president, this all the time. I've got really good friends over the years who are presidents now in the Big 12 schools. I love you guys, but if the roles were reversed, I wouldn't expect any of you to lead the Big 12 if you didn't know what deal you were getting there. We've got to see what deal we're getting, and then I'll be able to make an informed decision. Until then, it's all speculation, people fear-mongering, and saying, you don't want to be last because there might not be a seat for you. Well, I'm not buying into that. I haven't seen anyone else jump and run. It'd be a problem enough people did, obviously, and that's what Brett and the Big 12 are banking on. And you can get Arizona and Colorado to say yes. The whole Pac-12, what's left of it, blows up. We're at the end of this thing, even though I said, why don't we just wait and see what happens, see how many horses we can get in the race. But people are starting to feel the pressure, all the rumor and speculation that Oregon and Washington are going to leave any day and go to the Big Ten. I mean, that's not what I'm hearing, people. I talk to in the Big Ten. That is being billed as, like, him pushing back on the big on the Pac-12 blowing up. That is him nakedly saying he's talking every day with Big 12 presidents and the Big 12 commissioner. Yeah. Uh, and, and also that he's saying we're entertaining having different horses in the race and talking to other leagues. Like, yeah. that is about as close as you can get to saying we'll take the highest offer as you can. Yeah, like, that that is not at all a a vote of confidence in the Pac-12. I don't know how you could possibly read <laughs> read that. The such. fact that they, the fact that Stu pitched the article as him talking about the Pac-12 media deal being better instead of saying Arizona's openly negotiating with multiple leagues and multiple yeah. presidents, <laughs> yeah, is insane. Yeah, the the angle there is Arizona wants out. Arizona badly wants out. Arizona feels like it is trapped in the Pac-12 and is trying to leave unless something changes, you know, like drastically, right? Like that is not. 
<laughs> I don't know how you could read that as anything other than like, please let us in, please. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm talking every day to the Big 12 about this. And, you know, I've not heard Oregon and Washington's name mentioned at all as in my conversations with the Big 12 and the Big 10 that I'm having frequently every day trying to <laughs> get out of this fucking contract. I was at the, I was at also, the Big 10 store and no one knew Oregon and Washington. <laughs> what were you doing there? What were you doing at the Big 10 store? <laughs> That's weird. Uh, very, very funny for him. Just this whole thing is fucking hilarious. But like, also very funny just to pretend that Arizona and Colorado are the linchpins of this whole thing. Yeah. Like, if those two leave, everyone else is screwed. It's like, no. I, I think if those, if you guys left the Big Twelve, the rest of the Pac twelve teams be like, well, oh, no. all right, we still have the same amount of money. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh no, oh no, not Arizona. No, no, you can't. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Utah, Washington, Oregon would hate giving you guys less money for being good at football. Yeah, uh, I'm sure that would suck for those teams. Shit, we're losing our yearly game with Arizona. We don't have to go and play in 110 <laughs> degree heat in August. That that sounds terrible. <laughs> Please no. Oh no, all all 8,000 of their fans won't be buying tickets to their home games. Anymore. Like how yeah. can we possibly recover? Oh God, my basketball team might actually start going to the NCAA tournament now. No, no, I don't want this. No, this, this sounds terrible. This sounds so bad that uh, we don't have to lose to Arizona in basketball every year. Yeah, that. <laughs> no. This is this is also really funny because if you read the article on the Athletics, Stu also doesn't print any of his own questions. Okay. Uh, he just basically and, and no commentary either or context or anything. He just is basically letting this guy, again, by the way, his name, I don't think I said this, his name is Robert C. Robbins. Very yeah, funny. Yeah. The president of Arizona. Uh, just saying, basically let, let him say whatever he wants about the situation with no no commentary or context. Very, yeah. very funny. Yeah, this is, yeah, in, in, in Arizona President John C. Riley is continuously <laughs> getting in there. What, what is the point of having Stu's name on this at all? Why didn't you just give an op-ed to this guy? Is this, this is, yeah. Why do I have to tell the athletic how to do this shit? Aren't they owned by the New York Times? Like you guys should know how to do this. This is something that you do all the time. Wrote, Why is Stu's name on this shit? He doesn't need to be here. He wrote maybe roughly 150 words that just weren't like transcribed his interview. So good work from Stu again. We <laughs> we love to see one of the biggest journalists in the game, uh, a medial graduate. You know, he's killing uh, it. Yeah, he's killing it. He knows exactly what Dude, he's doing. He's, He's so funny. I'm so glad he's part of this sport. Like, I think people who just follow the sport of college football and don't get to have Stu Mandel brain are missing out so much. He's awesome. He he really is. He's he's uh, like <laughs> he's he's beyond description. He's so fucking funny. What he is doing. It's it's so much worse than like the guys who carry water for the NFL, right? Like like he's it's so much dumber and clumsier than that. You know, it, it's just uh, he's awesome. I I'm so glad that we I'm so glad that we have him in the mix. Ryan, if you don't have anything else on this, I have another there's another college football related pundit story here who I, I want to uh I don't have a ton to say to to say about this, but it just it did catch my eye and I do think that it was funny enough to mention. Um if you're Please. ready to if you're ready to move on here. So uh, I, I, again, like I said, I don't have a ton to add on this. You might have more than I do because you are more of a draft guy than I am. But um, those of you who do keep up with the draft are probably aware of Jalen Carter's struggles at Georgia's Pro Day, um, which is covered here in a video at ESPN. Um, and uh, I just, this just, just, just piqued my interest here. So there's a video at ESPN. It's titled, What to Make of Jalen Carter's Struggles at Georgia's Pro Day. Um, and it's a it's a sort of a roundtable discussion. The first name on the list here is Harry Lyles Jr. Ryan, what do you think about that? 
as a oh as a man God, to discuss dude. a um, sort of a driving related crime, a a, 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 a very much car involved <laughs> incident that we have here in college football. Yeah, what they couldn't get Tony Stewart was he busy? Uh... <laughs> Jim Beheim, newly retired coach Jim Beheim joins the show. <laughs> oh fuck, dude. Uh, yeah, where was uh, uh who? Fuck, I, I ruined the joke here. Who was the uh, the Oakland receiver who uh, drove his car 120 miles an hour? That's Henry. Uh... That would be Henry Ruggs, right? Oh yeah, where was Henry Ruggs at? We couldn't get Henry Ruggs to comment yeah, on this. Yeah, call, call calling in panel. from calling in from the federal penitentiary. We have, we have Henry yeah. Ruggs. Where was the guy who killed Princess Diana? Uh, oh, oh no, too soon, too soon. <laughs> oh man, Dude, I had a very awkward conversation this week where I was. Uh, it was St. Patrick's Day, as, as you know. Yeah. Uh, and I was drinking a bunch of Irish guys, and there were a couple. It was also the Irish English uh, rugby match for the Six Nations championship or something i couldn't really grok it but sure uh i don't know the conversation of the royals came up and as you know my thoughts very well but i was saying like how much i i thought it was a very uncontroversial statement like saying how much i'm annoyed by americans who like the royals and follow the royals and such yeah uh and he was like why why would you be annoyed about that uh the english guy was like why would you not like that oh no no he's a great guy besides that but yeah he's my he's my token english friend now but uh Yeah. yeah, you have to have a friend from every sort of uh, country or general general group. You're collecting them like Pokemon, right? You've, you're like checking Low them off. Low-key, I list. am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, I just I, I saw that, and uh, I thought it was really cool. I'm glad that ESPN is finally getting some, some representative voices in to talk about topics that they would know about instead of just, you know, mm-hmm. uh, people for, who are hating from outside of the club. We finally have a, yeah. a, an experienced voice. Uh, chiming in on the matter this is our this is our embedded drunk driving expert <laughs> he went deep cover our drunk uh, our drunk driving correspondent <laughs> he's he's like one of the old vice reporters who's like i'm traveling to like you know the congo to learn what like a american or african or uh, african paramilitary yeah yeah Except that's what he was doing with drunk driving for years on end yeah <laughs> We, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot speak to that. I don't know about the years on end, but um, <laughs> allegedly, no comment this time. <laughs> yeah, I was actually doing uh, reporting. I was, uh, I was undercover. I was, I was learning more about the the drunk driving scene. I was not. Uh, it's, it's a, yeah. common, it's a common misconception. Um, yeah. Last thing here from from us, we have there's a story on a coach who we really love this week in the Athletic from Chris Vanini. Um, I, I would uh, I, from from the very few things I have seen, I would recommend the story. But Ryan, you're the one who actually has the uh, the pull quotes from this. And I'm going to be hearing these for the first time. This is in the Athletic about Tom Herman. What are we what are we cook, what are we cooking with here? Yeah. So Chris Vanini, who's I think well, we like Chris, right? I think he's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's you know he did an article basically interviewing Tom Herman about his time off from college football, his time now taking over at Florida Atlantic. Um, it's a good article. It's a funny article. There's actually some real football stuff in there. I'm not going to read anything with the real football stuff. No interest in that. Uh, we were talking about Tom Herman's personal life in this because there are some very funny details, including to me a completely inscrutable opening five paragraphs I'd like to share with you. Okay. Um, I'll just read this as they are. Tom Herman was frustrated. He was on the phone attempting to pay a bill kept on hold by customer service. He yelled across the room to ask his wife, Michelle, this was really happening. She asked how long he'd been on hold. It had been seven minutes. She's like, seven minutes? Of course this happens, Herman recalled. It was last summer, and for the first time in almost 40 years, he was was not preparing to coach or play in a football season. He had joined CBS Sports last August as an analyst. After one year as Chicago Bears analyst and followed his four years as Texas head coach. 
I'd been like institutionalized for so long that I didn't even really know how the real world works, Herman said. <laughs> I didn't realize all this stuff. He didn't. <laughs> Tom Herman has all... never taken a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> first ever what does he phone mean call? how all this stuff works he's not about paying bills he's like i haven't paid bills who was doing that while he was a coach <laughs> does he does he have does he have like an irs uh, problem coming i think this is a, a pre-stage of tom herman having a very bad time with the irs very soon did he lose uh, his agent when he stopped coaching did he's just like i'll never need this guy again you were out for one year what are you talking about yeah and but he's now back to coaching. Why is he paying bills again? Yeah. Also, what is I can't understand what is the relevance of this of the story either. Because if did, you read the rest of the story, didn't you no say this was, Didn't you say this was last summer too? What was the what is the what is the point? Yeah, is it just that he's, he was just telling an anecdote that he was paying a bill and was on hold on the phone. Yeah, Tom Herman. Summer. Tom Herman spent seven minutes on hold. It changed his life so much that he had to get back into coaching. I can't do this. I can't live like this. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. I I just don't understand. Like, look, Herman saying that as like part of his interview is fucking bizarre in the first place. Yeah. This guy then choosing to use it as the lead in his story. Yeah. What is the relevance? Yeah, I don't I, understand. I like I like what... I like Chris, but earnestly that does oh, read yeah, like yeah. that's why Tom Herman got back into coaching is because he couldn't handle being on a hold for seven minutes trying to pay a bill. I'm I'm yeah. not I am I as a as a person am not equipped to do anything other than coach football is like that is what he's saying that <laughs> that's, that's the only possible meaning you could take from that anecdote is like yeah I tried to be a real person for a year and I could not do it I was incapable couldn't pay my bills I, yeah <laughs> I lost yeah. everything because I couldn't figure out how to log on to a fucking portal I had to pay I had to try and do a portal to pay my mortgage and I couldn't do my, I couldn't and I couldn't like, remember all my logins. <laughs> And I'm supposed to believe, by the way, that there's like a significant life experience difference in being an analyst for one season as opposed to, uh, or two yeah. seasons as opposed to, uh, he'd basically been out of coaching by the time this story happens for roughly like four or five months, right? Yeah. If he if he quit after the Bears season ends in January or whatever, basically he has like four or five months before the summer starts. He had five months where he was like not working and trying to pay bills. He's like, nope, fuck this. Can't do it. Yeah. Can't happen. I'm out. Yeah. I, I spent any amount of time at all with my family. I'm like, I got to go back, dude. I can't. <laughs> I'm going nuts. Dude. Oh, Him God. using the word institutionalized also absolutely slayed me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, and he's back. He immediately, he's back. He, he sounded... <laughs> It's not the words you would use for something that you're for something that you're doing again in a story that's supposed to be about how you're like excited to be back in. You know, I've finally got out of this prison and now I'm right back into it. Why? (laughs) Why? Oh my god, so fucking funny, dude. He's awesome. He's awesome. To carry on a little bit later in the article because they're talking about football for a while. I want I want to carry on to this. Yeah. It says Herman stays in a dorm room and rides a black electric scooter to work. His personal record from room to office is three minutes. That's awesome. Talk, good job. <laughs> a bad day. A bad day is five minutes. Uh-huh. The scooter tops out at 15 miles per hour. It'll be this way until his family moves over from Austin later this year. He's going to get a faster scooter then. Yeah. Yeah. He's working uh, on overclocking it. He's he's trying to hack the scooter so it can go 20 to 25 miles per hour. He can maybe even cut that down to two minutes. I mean, yeah. we're, we're, we're cooking. The reason like, the, uh, <laughs> see the Tom reason Herman flying down the happened. fucking road in Boca at 50 miles per hour on a scooter. <laughs> 
the reason the uh, the reason the Silicon Valley bank crash happened is because Tom was overusing the energy on the bird scooters. Yeah. <laughs> he couldn't keep up with his demand. Uh, <laughs> Tom, Tom's got himself a fucking Vespa going 150 down both roads. He put them together like a pack of sled dogs carrying him. <laughs> <through the streets. laughs> They're all like oh, they're just, just panting, losing their mind. We're not supposed to be here, bro. It's too hot. I can't. <laughs> can't do the mush. mush. Oh god. Uh, it then says it'll be this way until his family moves over from Austin later this year. When he was introduced to the press conference in December, fans and other coaches took notice of how much thinner and younger he looked. Yeah. Michelle told him, "You look alive again." Okay. The 47-year-old Herman now dances at practice. He took FAU players to the beach and they tossed them in the ocean. He dressed in a, he dressed in a goofy basketball uniform as the team played some hoops. He then includes a video of Tom being thrown in the ocean, mm-hmm. which, uh, Patrick, I, I will send to you on Twitter right now as, yeah. we're, as we're discussing this. Okay. Uh, because... It includes uh, it includes Tom like very weakly hitting the back of his players for an, like he's like pretending to punch his players but doing it and it's a it's a very funny video. I'm okay. just gonna send it to you. Let me let me DM it to you right now. Yeah. Uh, if you guys are looking for this on the FAU football account, um, just uh, please enjoy this picture of Tom. This video rather of Tom trying to punch his players uh, lightly in the back as as they are tossing him into the, the yeah. surf. Okay. I'm um, so I'm, I'm looking at this here already seeing some. <laughs> So really good stuff. This is a very aggressive video. Yeah, yeah. I, I am. His getting... shorts are also already soaked through. He's already been covered in water. Yeah. This is maybe they he's should... been getting dunked. They're they essentially should... hazing him yeah. and dunking him nonstop. One player is grabbing his ass. I don't know if you're noticing this. I did see uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. We hmm. got yeah, we got one who's on ass patrol, it looks like, and then we've got one on <laughs> foot, and then one who's on just sort of the right arm while the one guy kind of does <laughs> yeah. Say most of the He's work. the moral support. He's making yeah. sure Tom doesn't get scared. Yeah, they're all making sure that he doesn't fall off onto the sand or into the water where he's already <laughs> going, I guess. And he's got sunglasses still on in the video, which is good. He's got the tank top on. Yeah. Um, this is a good look for Tom. Seems like Tom's having a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and the picture in there as well of him being a full kit wanker in the basketball jersey. Of course. Also very good. Yeah. Uh, you got to love that. God. Uh, and there's also the, the article finishes up with an anecdote about him squashing his beef with Drew Locke, uh-huh. uh, which if you may recall, Tom was Ever? famously striding around the sidelines doing the the thing on his shirt, you know, like the yeah. finger, the pinky's out thing yeah. you know I'm talking about. Yeah. Everyone yeah. was so worried about that. Everyone was, well, what's, what's the, what about the beef with Drew Locke? Is he, has he made yeah. up with Drew Locke? How's he going to recruit to FAU if he hasn't <laughs> <laughs> smoothed things over with, uh, you know, world renowned quarterback Drew Locke that every recruit looks up to him? <laughs> you have to, you have to, if you want to travel to, to Palm Beach, Florida, you got to call and check in with Drew Locke. You don't want to have problems with Drew Locke if you're trying to go to South Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna have to get Drew Locke approved before you start trying to recruit to South Florida. You know, you gotta you gotta get his co-sign before you can do anything else. Dude, he's so Tom is so cool. He's so like, I missed him. I really, really did miss him. He's so weird. He's just it's it's not like other college football coaches where it feels kind of put on and like he's actually more of just like a robot who's trying to pretend that he's a real person. Tom is just such a purely weird guy. He like yeah he just. 
I wouldn't be surprised if there's another story like three months from now where it's like Tom Herman has taken up a part-time job driving a bus around Boca Raton so that he can learn more <laughs> about the local culture and try to sell them on FAU football. It's like, he just wanted to do that. He's telling you that he's doing it for the sake of the program. He just wanted to drive a bus. He thought it would be cool, right? Like he's, <laughs> this is this is much more enjoyable for him than football is because he's like trying to learn how to be a person. He's it's uh, he's getting, you know, real life job experience finally. Tom, Tom Herman is retiring to go to trade school. Like he's uh, he's awesome. He's he's so cool, and that's a very funny story. That's that's very very good. That like oh his uh, <laughs> the the big pitch for him being back and better than ever is that he gets now he gets thrown into the ocean and wears a full FAU basketball jersey and that's he dances at practice and <laughs> rides a scooter to work. He just got weirder. He just he just became more he himself. Rocks, dude. He took a year off to become more him. He just doubled down. He's like, <laughs> Yeah, and it's also his look is really cool for him too. I like that he's going for like, you know, uh, backup Versace model, like just someone who's too gaunt to be. You can see in real life, but the, the you know the clothes fit the right way. Yeah, he's wearing like the really big suit down the runway, like the suit from the uh, the Talking Heads music video. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the, uh, the pictures of him wearing the. <laughs> Wearing the basketball jersey with the scooter are incredible. These are. You, he looks like Steve Kerr. Yeah, you guys have to go to the FAU football Twitter account. You need to see this shit because there are there's a series of images and then also a video of him rolling up. He's got the rec specs on. He's got a headband on. He's got like. I think that his hair is just gray now, but it kind of looks like he's got like the Twitch streamer dyed blonde hair thing going on. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it, the jersey is about four sizes too big for him. I don't know how that even happened. Why didn't you just buy a jersey that was your size? He's he's a 2000s basketball enthusiast. That's why God. he's looking for more of a, an and one mixtape look. God, he's awesome. He... <laughs> He's so cool, yeah. dude. He's such a dork. I love him. Oh, man. I missed him. I'm so glad that we have him back. Um, man, that's... I do love him, dude. He, he is a character we have to have in college football at all times. It's like, going to work. Those guys are going to love him. They're going to... The, the college There's nothing that college football players love more than coaches who are just weird. Just weird goofy. guys. Yeah, yeah. They, they love they love a goofy, like, mid-50s white guy as the head coach. There's nothing better than that. That's That's... That's the best kind of guy, guy who comes in and says something earnest in the like a, in the guy, like a you know a big team speech to the full group, and it is taken as like the funniest thing that anyone has ever said, and he doesn't quite know why it's funny, but everybody loves it, and then he just says yeah. that thing for the next two months, right? It's just he's constantly talking about this thing that he said that he didn't even mean to be funny. That is. Um, he rocks. It's like when Mac Brown danced that one time that all of his players thought it was the most, the funniest thing in the yeah. world, and he just kept dancing for years afterwards. <laughs> really old and weird yeah exactly uh, yeah yeah these guys love to have one hit and then ride it for four months and i can't wait until tom uh and until he does that i'm sure he's already yeah. he's already making waves in, in team meetings uh, did, I, did i say I, I think i said mac brown at roy williams by the way oh uh, uh, roy williams, i'm sure mac brown has also done that but yes roy williams was also famous for for doing that and for wearing jordans yeah. on the sidelines and things of that nature yeah as a Which, very actually that is kind of swaggy yeah as i mean swaggy. as a very old man there's nothing better you can do than wear jordan's on the sideline that is that is yeah. uh that, that's good shit um speaking of good shit that you can wear before we get out of here homefieldapparel.com oh, yeah. use the code meet at midfield for 15 percent off your first purchase um they are i mean ryan they're going nuts over there they're going absolutely nuts i know you've been in the jungle mm-hmm. for the last week you've finally emerged to 
just a, I mean, a, a really a, a, a just a, an unbelievable number of shirts, an unbelievable amount of stuff that they have going on over there. They just put out new Xavier stuff. They've got all sorts of things going on for March Madness. They've got the Fairly Dickens yeah, the Fairly Dickens. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's out of control. That it, Xavier gear, by the way, is sick. It's, that is like it's really, so sweet. Really nice. Yeah, there's a new yeah. addition to the baby blue, the baby blue sweatshirt game. Um, I've got mine on right now with the Tulane baby blue but now there's one for for xavier as well um it's just they've got the uh they've got the bombers the kansas state bomber jacket goes crazy um they're going nuts over there and you can join them by using the code meet at midfield for 15 percent off your first purchase um ryan do we have anything else before we get out of here no man uh i think that's all we got uh except like you said subscribe to subscribe to meet at midfield as well um yeah. come join us come come talk some ball i know it's the aussies this is the time when the real heads really lean into this stuff right yeah. like, this is the time when when the big dogs brush up for the whole season like you have to we're doing the work right now it's going to pay off in october and november mm-hmm. our, our opinions you're going to stake out via painstakingly watching like weird videos of a guy practicing yeah uh are, are going to pay off for you when you have a really hard take about a dude who's a good college player ends up being a fourth round pick you can tell all your friends you love when he's a pro bowler yeah that's this is the time you pay off for that yeah um yeah yep. all my devin witherspoon heads you know what's going on right now oh yeah that guy is a guy we've been on for two years who's not going to be a top 10 pick after people finally listen to us yes sir. and we take credit for his career too that's yep. on us yeah we actually do expect uh some sort of some some royalties a little bit of kickback there but uh we'll have to you know we don't have to air that out we can bring that up with him and right. his people of course well, well people don't know we were also laramie tunsil's secret agent mm-hmm. uh that you know in the sense that we were we were agents who were secret we we're not you know any kind of <laughs> Don't report in the paper that I'm in the FBI. I'm not in the FBI. No, no, not at all. We are not, to be clear, we are not secret agents. And anybody who's saying that is uh, slandering us and also will be hearing from um, a very, you know, a, a group that I think will make it very clear that they should not be doing that. And that's all I'm going to say on the matter. And that's all I'm uh, legally entitled to say on the matter is that uh, we will be we will be taking care of anyone who is uh, alleging that we are affiliated in any way with the the uh, intelligence community it's just not true folks it's just not true that's uh, that's all we have to say on the matter